Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. This is Mad Love. How are you? Welcome to your Monday. Hello, hello um, to my international listeners. What's up? Hope everything's going good. Uh, yes, I actually have a small uh, listenership in France and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So anyway, uh, the view from St. Louis today is interesting. Joe Biden came through and won South Carolina, um, which probably lets you know where a lot of older black people, where they're thinking. Uh, I happen to know an older black person who is pretty fond of Joe Biden as well. Um, Mayor Pete, excuse me, dropped out. Uh, of the presidential contest, which is shocking because I thought he would have dropped out long before now, uh, as well as Klobuchar and uh, another person trailing. I can't remember who it is. Uh, there's too many of them. Um, there was always too many Democratic candidates that weren't strong. You know what I mean? There was no Barack Obama in the group <laughs> who was just like, oh, he should be the nominee, you know? He's going to win. Uh, Yeah, there's just no he or she, excuse me. I thought Kamala Harris would have a stronger showing. But, you know, there's just. uh, Also, at the end of the day, my gut belief is a politician isn't going to save your life anyway. Uh, They a lot of them just do whatever they want. They say what they think you want to hear and then go on and do whatever they want. Some people are are more obvious about it than others. Um, Sometimes you get someone, I mean, Obama ran as a centrist. He was always a centrist. And for people to be angry with him because he wasn't a liberal, uh, come on. I don't know. I just think people don't do too much deep analysis. They wait till the last minute. They see uh, who's in the media, who's, you know, they read a few headlines and then they go. And also, if your if your personal economy is strong, you usually don't care who becomes president. That's been the American way. You know, that's why people uh, keep get get two terms, because if you're not personally struggling, like the only person who I can remember as an adult that was like people were like, you got to go, even though it was his last term anyway, was George W. Bush. I mean, people were openly hostile. Whereas I remember when they were driving around with their W stickers. But when it was time for him to go, he I remember at the inauguration when he looked out at the crowd and so many people were there for Barack. And he was just looking like, man, I messed up. <laughs> I let a lot of people down. And, you know, I have some thoughts on W. I can't remember them because I was very passionate against that administration. I just, I mean, you talk about they did a master class on how to manipulate people. Did you know he didn't even really own that ranch? That ranch where he was always cutting down brush. He only bought it for the election. You know, George W. Bush was a city boy. <laughs> he was no rancher. And he hammed up his accent, you know, for uh, TV and the presidency. He really, if, when you hear him speak before he was president and after you know, it's just fascinating. It was all theater. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to get into U.S. politics. Uh, I spent four minutes on it. That's enough. It, it's a cluster. So we'll see. I, uh, I'm curious to see who can emerge as the front runner 
and if they'll actually be able to beat Donald Trump. I I believe the candidate that emerges, uh, not all of them can beat Donald Trump. I do not believe the world will, uh, the independents and the and the moderates are going to vote for Bernie Sanders. I was watching something yesterday. Obviously, I'm not done with politics. I was watching something yesterday that basically said uh, all the plans he's modeling, uh, you know, free college and free health care on from Europe in those countries like Denmark and Sweden, their their tax rate is 25 percent. Their income tax rate is 25 percent. And they have like a a universal uh, tax on everything that's like 50 something percent and most of it falls on the middle class and working class so yeah if people knew that they probably wouldn't be as as jazzed on bernie um because there's no such thing listen in a modern commercial driven (laughs) commerce driven economy nothing is free if they could charge you for air they would so the time to talk about how to make things free was probably about 300 years ago, you know? And that's why slavery existed in this country because they wanted free labor. Yes, it's, it was racism involved, but the whole concept of it was, I just need to build shit for free. I need to build a business for with free labor. And every modern, not even modern, every ancient society always used slavery. There were, There've always been poor people. And uh, America, the experiment has not figured out what to do with its poor. And as education has gotten trampled, as jobs have been shipped overseas, which is what people don't want to talk about. That's why there's no middle class is because those jobs that those good factory jobs that everybody wanted and got, you wouldn't be able to afford the car if they kept pace with salaries and uh, insurance and all those things that, you know, those great workers wanted and deserved, really. So the our problem is you can only have the 50s once because there's not going to be any new innovation in factories where all these great factory jobs will come back. It's just not. So uh, the suburbs aren't going to be rebuilt. Uh, you can only do... You only have one can only have one boom in that era it's got to be a whole nother new era and you know the internet came and made bill clinton seem like he was a financial guru you know it's just fascinating i'm still talking politics i apologize anyway uh pay attention to who you vote for like really read about them stop looking at blurbs and getting caught up on these little headlines because they're not going to work I don't believe Bernie Sanders is going to make anything free or more accessible or available than anybody else. I think he thinks he can, but say he has a Republican Congress. Good luck. All right. So moving on from that, I have to say I had a personal victory yesterday. I'm not going to get into too many details, but I have done so much inner work, um, Like I say on this podcast all the time, I used to be a slave to my emotions. It was really hard, particularly I have triggers and, you know, I feel sometimes that the way I grew up, things can trigger me because I wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of, um, hmm, I didn't have a bad childhood by anybody's imagination. There was nothing traumatic or scary or sad. You know, I did have a lot of, 
I feel emotional neglect. And so sometimes when I feel like I'm doing great, I expect someone to pay me a compliment and instead I get an insult and it bothers me. It's a trigger for me because it takes me back to being like six. Like, wait, I did something good here. Why am I getting in trouble? Um, And at six, I had a ton of anguish about it. And I didn't realize that that never changed until, I don't know, about five years ago when I was doing some emotion work with uh, Wayne Dyer. I was reading about intention and, you know, possible triggers to for behaviors that you don't even recall developing because they happened to you so long ago. And these reflexes are so old that you just react a certain way. So yesterday, something like that happened. And I remember when it was actually insulting what this person said to me. And I remember when I would have lost hours, days maybe, being so hurt and so mad. But I did really well. I think I thought about it longer than I wanted to, but I really didn't stay invested with it past an hour. And I didn't let it affect the rest of my day or my mood. And it sounds small, but it's a big victory. Once you learn to cut down the refractory time of things that offend you or things that upset you or things that hurt you, we need to control our emotions. That's not to say that what happened wasn't wasn't right. It was wrong and it was hurtful. It was painful. It was an unhealthy situation. That's not to say it wasn't any of those things, but you can't let those things take over and control your brain. Because if that's all you think about, then you're losing all your energy, all that positive, productive energy that you could be using towards changing your life or making more money or having a better relationship with your spouse or, or, you know, volunteering or that energy that you could be using for something good. You leave it bottled up because you're mad and kicking rocks. It's just not worth it. It really is just not worth it. You've got to find a way to control your emotions and channel that energy into something positive. And if you're listening to this and you think I'm not talking about you, I'm probably talking about you. You probably have a trigger that you've had for decades and it still triggers you and you still stay mad and kick rocks for days and you allow it to taint your mood and you allow it to taint your relationships with other people and with that person. So you've got to learn how to control your emotions. It's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, I didn't really get this until I was in my 40s. I really didn't. And I had done a lot of work in a lot of areas and I had gotten to a lot of good spaces. But until you master your emotions, whoever controls your emotions controls you. And that doesn't mean that you can't be right. You just can't lose your your life trying to prove that someone has mistreated you. Yeah, let's just cut to the chase. Yeah, what they did was unhealthy and it wasn't a great dynamic. Okay, <laughs> you got to move on from that. If you don't move on from that, emotionally, you're still a child. There were areas in my life emotionally I was still six, seven years old. That's unacceptable. And then you wonder why you can't get along with nobody. Hmm. 